Welcome to Two Guys, A Girl and a Movie Podcast with Adam, Lee and Josie, your hosts, taking an analysis of some beloved movies, both blockbuster and lackluster. Grab a bowl of popcorn and see if their collective score and analysis matches your views. It's time for Two Guys, A Girl and a Movie Podcast. Hello and welcome to Two Guys, A Girl and a Movie Podcast. My name is Adam. <laughs> Josie? Wow, Lee told a joke just before we went live and uh, Josie's broken. Um, I'm Josie. <laughs> I'm Lee. And Lee has broken Josie with a really shit joke. It wasn't but anyway, even that good. No, it but wasn't. it took me so long to understand it. <laughs> Do we, oh. need to, do we need to do this over? No, I'm good. good. I'm okay. Good oh my God, she's crying. Oh. Wow. Oh. Yeah, okay. I didn't think the joke was that funny. Oh, I just, yeah. Anyway, hey everyone. Uh, very different to oh. the vibe Hi, of this hey. movie. Um, oh. First and foremost, give us a follow on all forms of social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and X. Uh, go to our Instagram because we often do polls and votes of things and stuff yeah. like that. Let us know Ooh. what movies you want to hear or what you think of the movies oh. we do and all that good stuff. Uh, also, we're on all pl- podcasting platforms. Give us a rate on that too. Um, today... Happy Halloween. Ooh, we've Halloween. Been, spooky season. We've been doing some spooky season goodness, and I hope we you've have. been enjoying it. It's been variations of spookiness. Yeah, Bring your was, own pumpkin. There was a bit of, like, musical spookiness. There's, yeah. like, actual spookiness. And, like, like funny spooky. Some ch- um, kids monsters. spooky. <laughs> This yeah. um, this was an interesting one because it's, it's it's an Adam pick to the surprise of probably no one. Um, but it was in line as one we were possibly going to do when we did The Exorcist. And Joseph was like, hey, we should save this for actual Halloween. Mm. So today- I don't know why I did this to myself, to be honest. This <laughs> is you. This was I know, all you. I suggested this. You're a good friend. Yeah. Uh, today we are talking about 1978's iconic film, Halloween. Uh, this is uh, directed by the legendary John Carpenter. I love this man so much. He has done a couple of things. Yeah, to varying degrees. A lot of for, his mo- for someone you know, not naming anyone. Um, what has he done? Oh, uh, he did the thing, which is the greatest horror movie of all time. Um, mm-hmm. Escape from New York. Uh, they live. Um, the fog. The fog. The uh, big one for me. Yeah. Is big trouble in Little China. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a personal favourite mm-hmm. of mine. You've never seen any um, of these? Which one did you dress up? At? Like, is the thing the one with the little girls that you dressed up? At? That's The Shining. Oh, okay. Yeah, never that's mind. Stanley Kubrick, but it's a Stephen King movie. Gotcha. Um, anyway, but thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the plot synopsis on IMDb. 15 years after murdering his sister on Halloween night in 1963, Michael Myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to the small town of Haddonfield, Illinois, to kill again. Yeah, dun, very dun. very basic story, very simple, and its execution is also a little simple too. But this movie changed the game back in 1978 for many many years, and um, John Carpenter is such a legend. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to talk about because I feel like we're going to get very degre- varying degrees of. Uh, <laughs> I was saying to Lee before, I'm a little bit heartbroken because I preferred this movie to The Exorcist, but I think I've scored it less. 
I can't wait to dig into that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, like we said, John Carpenter, let's, let's have the conversation now. Uh, he's done <laughs> okay. a lot of really massive, iconic movies, but a lot of them were underappreciated at the time. Yep. Mm. Like, The Thing got uh, notoriously bagged and panned when it came out and it wasn't okay. a massive success. Came out around the time of E.T. Oh, Ever, okay. Everyone wanted lovable aliens, yep. not shape-shifting, hideously... D- disgusting-looking creatures mm-hmm. uh, just violently killing people and stuff. And all these years later, it is renowned by a majority of the horror fandom as being the greatest horror movie ever made. Oh. It's also um, it's also a remake of an existing film as well. Yeah, yeah, a movie that was made in the, the 50s. 50s, yeah. yeah. I just um, think of Scary Movie. The Thing has Scary Movie in it? Yeah, isn't, is that the one that comes out of the... That's The Ring. Oh, <laughs> Okay, um, I've done The Shining. I've done The Ring. It's all right. It's I all haven't right. seen The Thing. You, you know that horror movie where people die in it? That's the that one. That one. Yeah, yeah he, he made that movie. Yes, yes, yes. Um, obviously, Big Trouble in Little China is a, is a, a... He does a lot of movies that are probably considered cult movies. Yep. Um, like un, unsuccessful, but widely loved within well, their realm. Escape from New York is also a big one like that because obviously Great it's movie. got a massive cult following, but it's not a big movie. Yeah. Um, also, They Live. Okay, I haven't seen that one. You've not seen They Live? No. Okay, interesting. Uh, he also did uh, like Prince of Darkness, which is a yeah, movie yeah. I fucking yeah, love. Um, obviously, The Fog, uh, Assault on Precinct 13. Yep. Um, also, the cool thing about John Carpenter is he does the music for a majority of his movies, yeah. and he's a very good musician. At the moment, now at this point of his life, he pretty much doesn't really direct much, although he's doing these uh, this this series at the moment. He's pretty much just for the last like maybe 10 years or so just been doing music with his son. And like mm. touring around and doing stuff. He's, he's leading a good life. But Halloween changed the game and uh, really it brought in the slasher boom that led through the 80s. It wasn't the first slasher. There was stuff like um, uh, Black Christmas that had come out before it in America and um, uh, A Bay of Blood or Twitch of the Death Nerve, which is a, uh, a European uh, horror film, which is <laughs> fucking awesome. Um, but this one really set the tone for what came after it. Stuff like, like say, Friday the 13th. Uh, what were we going to say, Liz? I was just going to say, which ones, were, what were they again? What were the names of those films again? You were just talking uh, Black about? Christmas. Yeah, Black, and what else? Uh, it, it's known as A Bay of Blood, I think, in America, but it's also known as Twitch of the Death Nerve. Right, okay. Which one of those is your favourite, Josie? Uh, the, the one with the people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one. <laughs> I just don't doubt. <laughs> Ten things I hate about you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically on the back of this, it led to a massive boom in the 80s of like generic slashes. And Friday the 13th is a great example of it. They literally, when they made Friday the 13th, which led, led to a massive franchise of 12 films now, it was literally just like, look, we want to basically copy Halloween and make something similar. So it's a slasher movie based on like a holiday, Friday the 13th, of like someone out getting revenge and killing a bunch of teenagers Mm -hmm. just that basic format went through and in the 80s you had stuff like happy birthday to me mother's day you had um uh, like all these like sort of um generic kind of like horror movies on x uh x holiday or whatever like you know silent night deadly night and shit like that um but the the slasher tropes an interesting one which i I quite fondly like but the more interesting thing about halloween and the story of it is it has led to so many movies Mm -hmm. um i'm trying to remember i love the fact and our viewers can't actually our viewer can't really see this um but obviously we've been doing pods with adam for a while now um and i've just been realizing or noticing this just sort of recently as watching you talk about this i don't think i've ever seen you as animated talking about this when you're talking about this as opposed to talking about the other stuff that you've done. Shit's my jam, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shit's his and jam. We're home. But yeah. also, the, like, it's funny. Okay, there's 13 Halloween movies, right? Oof. One of them doesn't have Michael Myers in it at all, which is quite funny. Um, John Carpenter's only made uh, the first and second ones. Um, he wrote the second one, sorry. Didn't direct it. Um, but... Um, 
the Halloween franchise is, is massively flawed and very inter- interesting. It's been the timeline is just insane. Oh like boy. it is nuts. The variations of the timeline. Mm-hmm. So there's all thirteen that you can watch in a row. Rob Zombie rebooted, did its own remake and a follow up to that, which is one timeline. Mm-hmm. There's the third movie, which is on its own, unrelated to the entire franchise. There's the following of Halloween one, two, then H two O and Halloween Resurrection. Oh, then there's the a, new. This is a lot. Then there's the new redone version with those. You know the recent ones with Jamie Lee Curtis, which is yep. an old lady. Yeah. So that timeline is number one, then those three. So like oh. it's 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 fucking ridiculous. But it all started with this movie, this little cheap movie in 1978. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's go through everyone's relationship with the movie. <laughs> we'll go around the room. Lee, have so, you seen this before? No, no, I hadn't. And it's not very high on my list of things to watch. To be honest with you, I'm I'm, I'm not a massive fan of horror films. We've already established that I'm not a huge fan of horror films. Um, I know that this is an iconic horror film, and it's obviously got you know to the point where it's pinnacle and it's actually got cult status. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not very high on my my list of things to watch um, and as far as obviously it came out in 1978 right mm-hmm. uh, I watched it for the first time this week what do you reckon eh. okay Josie um, it was also my first time watching it this week I have I knew um, a lot about it um, I knew Jamie Lee Curtis was in it and that was like one of her big roles when um, she was younger it was her first starring role yeah like yeah. huge for her and I was saying to Lee before it's so weird to watch her but still have like her voice, like, I feel like her voice is such an older lady voice. Like, it doesn't match, like, teenage Jamie Lee Curtis. It's just weird. Um, anyway, um, but, yeah, first time watcher here, you know. So, let's see how we go. So, thanks very much for recommending this this, this movie, Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself for let's recommending this Let's just hang this, this on, on you specifically. Yep, so thank you. What did you guys know of it? Oh, look, you know, I'm familiar uh, with Michael Mike Myers. Myers you know, yeah. I'm familiar with Jamie Lee Curtis Not being in it. Not getting confused with Austin Powers. I'm also familiar know. with Donald Pleasance in it as well. Oh, good. Can't um, wait for that conversation. And, you know, funnily enough, actually, almost to a certain degree, the Loomis name, yep. um, which is obviously something that I'm sure we will touch on later. Yeah, massively. Uh, but, you know, you know, the, as far as a trope is concerned or as far as sort of um, pop culture is concerned, you know, it's got that, that cult status or that iconic status that it has um, is mainly got to do with the fact that, you know, everyone – it's so well known that everyone knows it, right? Yeah. Um, and, and you know, the, like the three main, you know, horror people are like Mike Myers, Freddie, and Jason. Like I feel they're the the top ones that people know of. Is that correct, Josie? I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, that they that they I often refer to as a big three. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and, and uh, he was first. This I, one, yeah. Michael Myers was first. I yeah. guess it's also one of those things, like going into this, knowing obviously all of that stuff in regards to pop culture, but not actually having seen the films. I guess you know it was also almost like fill the dots kind of thing, but yeah. it sort of didn't for me because now I've watched it, it's sort of like okay, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but the other thing Down is as well is that because these are all franchise players, is that the the aura and the being of Michael Myers himself is built with these movies. Yeah, yeah. So in this movie, it's very vague and simple and basic. Mm. But in the sequels, he becomes a lot more ruthless, and you get yeah. more to it, which builds towards this giant law. Um, just for the record, and those playing at home, uh, Friday Thirteenth came out in nineteen eighty, so two years after this, uh, the first Elm Street movie didn't drop till nineteen eighty four, which was oh, quite okay. some time after it. Uh, but Freddy was a massive game changer because it wasn't this like unspeaking evil. Like Freddy has a voice and talks yeah, and shit yeah. like that. But anyway, uh, my personal relationship with this movie, I watched it when I was quite young. Um, I don't remember the first time seeing it. Like I remember like being like, okay, this is Halloween. I need to see this movie because it's a big horror movie and I'm a little shit that's obsessed with horror movies. <laughs> but the thing that- As 10-year-olds normally are. That's, yeah, totally. That's fair. Yep, um, yep. I've met on- 
I reckon I probably would have been like maybe nine even when I saw it for the first time. But that, that one year difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it goes a long way. Yeah. But you, you haven't even hit double digits. The thing that stood out mm. for me before I saw the movie was the cover art. Okay. Right, so the first movie's got the pumpkin with the hand and the knife on the side, which yep. just always really stood out for me, the bold white text as well. And I would always see Halloween 2 as well, which has the pumpkin with the skull on it. And they always stood, stood out to me as really striking images and something like, I need to see that movie because that looks fucking crazy. And um, I eventually saw it as well. Like, I really love this movie and I love what it represents and what it did for the genre, but I wouldn't rate Halloween as, like, one of my all-time favourite horror movies. And some people will see this as blasphemy. Like, diehard fans of Halloween are, like, massive and, like, how dare you say such a thing. Like, it's not even my favourite John Carpenter movie. Um, like, uh, I'm a, I am I say all the time, The Thing is my favourite horror movie of all time and my favourite John Carpenter movie. I'd even put that in, like, my top five favourite movies of all time. But this one, I think, is really bloody good and so well done and it shows a lot of the cool shit that Carpenter does so well and why he's the icon that he is. You know, it's interesting that the thing, you, you classify the thing as your favourite horror movie of all time because you actually break down the movie. I don't think you've seen it, right? No, I thought it was The Ring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, the thing specifically, uh, it, uh, see, for me, the thing is more classified as a sci-fi than it is a horror film, right? It's uh, incredibly gruesome, though. Yeah, but it, it is. But it's yeah. more sci-fi than, it, than you know the yeah. alien aspect of it is more sci-fi than it is horrific. Definitely, it's a sci-fi I mean. horror. Yeah, for um, sure. And I, you know, I, f I find it interesting that the thing obviously rates as your highest John Carpenter movie, where aliens you rate aliens so alien and aliens so highly, right? Yeah. Because there's obviously a, a sci-fi horror element that you must be really into. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like the blend of those two movies together sort of really just tick your boxes. Yeah. I, I've actually, I was saying to someone the other day, I'm like, we need more of that. There's not enough of that going around these days. Although Brandon Cronenberg, this is such a fucking sidebar. He does some really cool kind of sci-fi horror stuff, but in more of a, like, I guess a medical sort of strangeness way. But anyway, this is completely off the point. Um, <laughs> okay. I really enjoyed this movie as a kid and grew up to it. And uh, Michael Myers is iconic and I could watch him stab motherfuckers every couple of years. Like they release movies. Yeah, sure. And some of the sequels are utterly terrible. Um, okay. Basic uh, categories. We do five categories to get our score out of five. Um, we can score it either a zero, a 0 0.5 or a one. Basic casting. Who wants to go first before I rant? Uh, Josie, you can go first. Um, I gave it a 0.5. I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I think she is awesome, even though her voice does not match her age, I feel. Um, I really liked the um, psych. I thought he was really good. Um, but I found Annie really annoying. Yeah, I think that was the point, though. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, maybe she is a good actor then, because I was like, please do not speak again. Well, she's supposed to be like an annoying teen. Yeah, I just did not vibe with her yeah. at all. Um, Have you seen her in anything else? No. Okay. Um, and I thought, like, you know, the the young kid, what's his name, Johnny or something? Tommy Doyle. Tommy, I should know that. Does he does he appear in any of the new uh, any of the sequels? Yes, he does. Paul Rudd plays him in the sixth movie in no. his first starring role. Nice, amazing. Um, and uh, Anthony Michael Hall plays him in the recent um, yeah, nice. recent trilogy. Yeah, nice. There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought he was all right. I didn't think he was bad, but I didn't think he was amazing. So yeah, it was just He's about as good as a six year old kid will be. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So it got a point five for me. Fair enough. Uh, I'm giving it a zero. 
Oof. Um, Oof. Look, I mean, you know, there are special mentions to obviously Jamie Lee Curtis, and she's obviously gone on to have an incredible career. And the irony behind it, we'll probably touch on it as far as the fun facts are concerned, she's actually not a massive fan of doing horror films. Not at all. Um, but, you know, she's such an iconic she's horror so scream badass. queen. I love her. You know, she's the, the scream queen as far as, it, as far as it is, apparently. So yeah, she's got she, the title. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's interesting that she's got that title, but she doesn't like doing horror films. So uh, unlucky or lucky for her. Um, look, again, Donald Pleasance, massive nod to him, um, obviously, because. Uh, um, you know his. Uh, he was in. Um, he was Blom- Blomfeld in. in yeah, he was. He was uh, only lived twice. Blomfeld and you only lived twice. Yeah. Um, that's a. That's obviously a big pop, right? Because that was obviously a massive movie. Um, I'm going to make a special mention to Arthur Mallet. He was the graveyard keeper. So the oh, guy yeah, that yeah, showed yeah, him yeah, through yeah. the graveyard. Um, the reason why I know him is he was in the Secret of Nim. Oh wow! Okay. Um, and like the old secret of Nim, he was also in Mary Poppins. He played the young the the young son. No so way! He played the, you know the old man. He played his son. Yeah. Um, the the guy that's flying the kite at the end. Yeah. Um, and he also is. I don't know if you guys remember this. Do you remember Hook? Yeah. With Robin Williams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he plays Toodles, the guy that's lost his marbles. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was doing a bit of a deep dive and found out that him. You know what? Actually, I'm going to amend my score. I'm not going to give it a zero. I'll give it a point five. There we go. And get half a mark because th- that was a massive pop for me to be able to find that. Also, the the lady that PJ I can't remember her name. PJ Souls. Yeah, PJ Souls. Oh. Apparently, she's a she's a, a playboy. Oh. Yeah. Well, she um, gets um, her tits out. <laughs> I did not realize that Lindsay was um, Carl Richards. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. My sister's a massive um, Real Housewives of Belly Hills fan, and um, she's in she's that. massive in yeah. it. I didn't realize okay. that was her. Well, I also uh, echo your sentiments both, and I've gone to 0.5. Jamie Lee Curtis in her first starring role, she showed why she was going to have such a great career like she has had, even if this has led to a massive love-hate relationship at times with her. Obviously, she signed up years after the fact to do H2O, which is the seventh movie. Uh, They finally got her back. Not the Mermaid TV show? No, not the Mermaid TV show, unfortunately. And she did that after, obviously, I'm assuming they gave her a shitload of money and got to continue this. She's in Halloween 2 as well. Um, It led to her doing Halloween Resurrection after H2O, but she only agreed to do it if she got killed off in the first five seconds, like five minutes, um, which they obliged. This is a bit of a sidebar to that. The the three new Halloween films, Mm. I love the fact that Danny McBride has got writing uh, writing credits for that. Yeah, he's also... Really? uh, And David Gordon Green... Actually, I think I heard that in a podcast he was on. Well, he's also uh, David Gordon Green and him are also doing the new Exorcist trilogy. Oh yeah, yeah. Or maybe that's what I heard. Um, I probably, heard something about spooky. Probably heard both. Um, um, question: yes. The guy that plays Michael Myers in this is he Michael Myers for the rest? No, but there's a scene in the first of the current trilogy that was released with Jamie Lee Curtis, and you see Michael Myers in the asylum without mm-hmm. his mask on, and that is him. They got him back. That's cool. And I'm about to tell you a bit more about him. Sorry. Um, no, no, that's all good. Uh, Donald Pleasance, of course, is amazing. Um, he was the real star of the movie. Them getting him was like their big star for the movie. Ooh. So, of course, he played Blofeld in uh, You Only Live Twice. Which is interesting, c- considering, obviously, the budget for the movie was pretty small as well, It right? was super small, and that's how it got greenlit to begin with. Um, he was in The Great Escape. Uh, he's in Prince of Darkness, which is him joining forces with Carpenter again. Uh, he did a movie called Phenomena with uh, Dario Argento, who's an incredible horror director from Italy. Fuck, I love that guy. Not uh, to be mistaken for phenomenal, a phenomenon. Yeah, by uh, John Travolta. Uh, so that movie is also known as Creepers in some of the Western world. Um, he uh, also played the president in uh, Escape, Escape from, from New, New York. York. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's, he's worked with Carpenter a bit. They got along. Uh, he was in Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, PJ Souls is in Carrie, the uh, Stephen King adaptation. Uh, yes. uh, he's in Stripes as well with, um, with Bill Murray. Bill Murray, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the person who plays The Shape, or uh, Michael Myers, if you will, um, he's often referred 
referred to as a shape because he's just meant to be a shape. He's not. Yeah, I was going to say he had the easiest job. Hey. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Also, his direction was literally like stand there, walk minimally over there, look menacing. Um, basically, mm. yeah. So uh, Nick Castle is the name of the guy, and he's actually a writer director. Um, he directed the last Starfighter. Really? Yeah. Really? He directed the boy who could fly. Yeah. Okay. He directed. Are you ready, Lee? Yeah. You sitting down? Yeah. He directed Major Pain. You lie. I do not lie. You look lie. It up, so look did, it up. Did you? I was actually just about to bring this up. Obviously, the last Starfighter. You just mentioned that. Have you seen that? Yeah. I watched it last week. The graphics have an age well. It's such a great film, and I, I can't believe I was doing a bit of a deep dive on Lance Guest because Lance Guest is obviously as a sort of a full circle. Mm. He's um he um he's in Halloween too. Yeah. And the reason why he got the last Starfighter gig is because of his um, performance in Halloween 2. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nick Castle. Uh, uh, he's, he doesn't play uh, Mike Myers in part two, but yeah, director, writer-director. He's done a lot of shit and uh, does it well. He's, he seems like a great guy as well. I've seen a lot of interviews with him. He seems lovely. Um, okay, so point fives all around. Basic plot and story. Uh, I'm going to kick this off. I've got a point five as well just because – it's a simple story and it's fairly generic slasher or at least what would become the template of it. Um, it's But the stylization and the way that it was done set the mould and it's a masterclass in suspense and storytelling that's often like, it's, it's a less is more approach about it. And I think that's what works so well for this movie. Um, if you read the synopsis on the back of the, like the, the video or even the IMDb one, it's it's not something that's going to jump out. Yeah. Um, but it's how Carpenter does it that works so well. Um, it has the final girl, which has become a massive sort of trope in horror movies. It has a faceless stalking killer uh, and an obsessed manic doctor that just all works so well and there's a reason why it's been imitated to the nth degree for so long. Uh, and the one thing about this movie is that the music is, like the soundtrack and score of this movie is fucking goat level as good as a scary movie, horror movie, suspense movie can get. Well, the, the music makes it. It's fucking incredible. Because the, 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 there's apparently there's actually a, uh, there was a discussion where someone was watching it without the music and it actually changes the entire tone of the movie. Yeah, they, they watched it without music when it was getting made and the, the people, like the studio, were kind of like, this is there nothing. Needs to be more. Yeah. yeah, and as soon as they saw it with music, they like shit their pants. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I've gone 0.5 for the plot and story because it is pretty straightforward and basic. Josie. Um, I also want a point five, um, just because, first of all, I love the fashion in this movie. I am loving yeah, what in they- Yeah, the 70s. Yeah, I really think I should have been um, born in the 70s because I love the fashion. And I'm just so intrigued because it's only five years after the exor- exorcist, I can never say that word, but it looks so much- like newer and mm. fresh and it's only like a five-year difference, but it's like such a difference it has been. It's also like less than half the budget. Well, Christ, shitload less than the budget of the Exorcist. Which is so crazy. Um, But with the plot, I, I can see why that people liked it. Like there's sex and boobs in it. So that's yeah. like tick to the, you know, the and demographic a, that it was aimed at. fair amount of killing, but it's not a very bloody gory movie. Yeah, and that's what I also said. There wasn't too much gruesomeness, mm. you know. um, it's It was a good set up for the franchise that has now become massive um but at the same time it's just nothing special so i definitely see why people have loved it for so long but again not too special 
And again, like, a, like those old date movies, take your girlfriend there, she's going to get scared and cuddle into you and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, so and that's what I mean. It's like yeah. appeal, it, they've found the way to appeal to like a wider demographic with, you know, who they are trying to aim it at. And the interesting thing is as the sequels went on, the horror genre had evolved to the point that they started adding in more gore and blood and uh. sort of more, um, I guess, gratuity because that's where horror went. Well, that's the okay. shift, right? I mean, at, at this stage in horror, it was more psychological. It was yeah. more like yeah. the scare tactic more than anything else. It was... The impact was more about the the, the build-up to the, the murder happening as opposed to the murder itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The build of the music and the stalking yeah. and like POV shots and shit like that, yeah. Uh, what would you go, Lee? Um, look, I'm giving it a 0.5. Interestingly enough, um, I'm giving it a 0.5 as opposed to a zero for the similar reasons that you're giving it. Um, look, it's a, it's a trope and it's a, you know, it's a process and a, a storyline that it's effectively been done to death ever since. But it needs to be acknowledged that this was very, very, very early. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, since I've, I've obviously only watched it recently, but understanding that this particular process or this idea has been done to basically, pardon the pun, to death, right? Um, and it needs to be acknowledged that Carpenter did this 30 years before everyone else did. Yep. yep. You know, so with that being said, you take a look at the originality of the storyline and the basic plot, it's actually relatively original for what it was. Yeah, and it's interesting as well because, like, throughout the 80s, there were so many slashes, like so many, and I love... So many of them. Um, <laughs> but it's just interesting that this one being kind of simple and straightforward, it was such a big success that it influenced so many other people to be like, hey, they made this movie for like like not even half a million dollars and mm-hmm. it made a shitload. Bank. Yeah, they're like, we can do this. Yeah. You know, and that's sort of, and for better or worse, it, it did what it well, did. Well, I think the big thing that I took away from it as far as all, you know, the, that Hollywood has taken away from it is the final girl thing. Yeah. That's yeah. such a massive trope now. Um, you know, and especially, and it's not necessarily just in horror films per se, although it's big in horror films, you know, it's the final girl thing that obviously is just such a massive, massive thing. Yeah, I don't think horror gets the respect it deserves for like female empowerment. Because shit. I'm just thinking about like, um, Fuck you. the menu that we watched. Oh, how good was that movie? Yeah, she was the final girl, you know? Yeah. But there yeah. you go, there's the trope, right? That, yeah. That's the, the point that I'm making, you know, you don't even realize that it's such a thing, but it's, it's a thing. And if, uh, if Anya Taylor-Joy is listening to our podcast, I would like to propose marriage to her. <laughs> um, I'm just throwing that out I'm there. I'm glad you went PG there. Yes. Marriage. I want to marry you. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, three notable scenes or favourite scenes. Just before or, we get into that, I just okay. want to help sell the point for you. He has a racing car bed. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a racing car bed. That'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> one daily. Um, all right. Notable scenes or favourite scenes. We'll go around the room and then we'll go with our scores. Um, I want to hear from you guys first. Uh, kick it off, Lee. Uh, Laurie peeling the mask off. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Like right at the end. Also, that's not Nick Castle. Someone else plays it when the mask comes off. Yeah, I saw that in IMDb. It was someone, it, yeah. someone else. Yeah. Um, it's obviously an incredible, it, like it's a very notable scene of the movie because then she actually gets to see that it is a plain and simple guy mm. um, and it's not just a, like, you know, a figment of her imagination and she's not just going batshit. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's obviously one of the ones that I put down. I'm going to go the – I guess it is the opposite but isn't uh, Michael when he's a kid pulling the mask off. Oh, the opening scene. The opening scene, yeah, yeah when yeah. you just hear like um, the sisters say, Michael, and then you assume, well, it's someone bigger and all that and then it's a six-year-old. A little kid. In the, yeah. um, in the sequels, do they ever explain why he's so cooked? 
so it's one of those things. They try not to, but they add more and more to it. And there's an actual trilogy. So numbers four, five, and six, they dig way deep and go super like left field about it. And it's like this like <laughs> weird cult Swing shit. and miss type thing. Yeah, oh. it's one of those things. And there's a reason why they retconned it because it's a bit much. Although I do have a soft spot for number four, which is fucking awesome um but yeah there's there's because the timeline is so shifted about and fucked about i want to say no but there is explanations there if you want them well i also read that isn't um isn't technically laurie a sister that was adopted out of the family so and stuff that as comes well. into the what? second movie that comes into the second movie and um carpenter regretted writing it ever since yeah okay. yeah he didn't like that part of it he just kind of added it because he, he didn't want to make a sequel or write a sequel he doesn't direct it but he wrote it and he, he apparently wrote it with like a six-pack of beer and like begrudgingly <laughs> wrote it and he hated that he added that in after the fact although i, I quite enjoy halloween so it's pretty bloody good um adam how about you give us a scene um okay number one is the uh stab pin to the wall um when uh pj sells um is that the boyfriend? boyfriend? Goes, yeah, the boyfriend. No, but it's- Get the, the beer? Gets the beer, of course. Beer's very important. After you've had sex with PJ Souls, apparently yeah. she, she wants a beer. Uh, very adamant about where my beer is. Um, anyway, no, it's not just the stab and pin to the wall because I guess in like, I was going to say grammatically, that's not right. In science terms, I don't think the knife would have been that long to be able to pin him to a wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the head, the subtle head tilt that Michael does, almost admiring his work is iconic. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that has been not only- followed in the Halloween movies. But it's the other thing that a lot of other horror movies have tried to do do when they've had uh, characters that are are speechless. But um, Michael Myers doing that stab pinned to the wall, which is fucking awesome. Uh, But yeah, that that subtle kind of like head to it, kind of like the the admiration of his work. It's just fucking beautiful. I'm going to follow that. um, And I don't know if it was meant to be funny, but the scene afterwards when he's got the sheet on with the glasses. The glasses over the top, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was meant to be comedic, but I found it hilarious. Uh, a lot of the fandom finds it hilarious Okay, because yeah. I was just like- Look, Josie, you're one of them. Yeah, oh my God, thank you so much, everyone. Oh. But yeah, that was one of my scenes. I was just watching it. I was like, what is going on here? Oh, it was great. And then she flashes him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a the, notable the, the see anything you like comment is uh, quite uh, renowned within the fandom too. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's more of a question more than anything else, but it's part of a specific scene. And it's a, apparently it's a question that gets asked across the entire movie. Why did she drop the knife? Honestly, it's one of the most common questions she gets throughout, like whenever she does like horror cons and stuff yeah. like that, everyone asks are her we, that. Are we doing gripes? Because I have one. No, but it's a, it's just a question. Like I'm talking about that specific scene. So she picked it up. Why did she drop it? Yeah. Uh-huh. You got you got no answer for me? Yeah, so th- as far as a notable scene is concerned, that's what I've written down is why did she drop the knife? Well, oh. can I ask why would you open up the window in the car? Look, I've got I've got other questions in regards to that. We can do a gripe session if you want to cuz just strap right. in for it, that. Has that been asked? Like why did that nurse lady open up the bloody window when she sees all the crazies? No, you know what? It's interesting actually. It's not so much the it's not so much the 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 open the window up for me because I get that he was obviously bashing the window in. It was for me it was more like why did she get out of the car and why did she leave the keys in there? But uh, but you see her wind down the window, at least try and drive away or something. She's stopped and she goes... She dumb. Anyway. How does she go? <laughs> um, horror movie logic, guys. It's it's A lot of times yeah. it's not meant to make sense. Also, when you say he smashes the window, did you notice the wrench? 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's an iconic um, sort of goof there. Um, uh, one of my, my favourite scenes as well is um, Laurie standing there, panic, and the face appearing behind her from the dark, coming out yeah. of the darkness, mm-hmm. just like mwah, peak suspense. Not only the face coming through the darkness, but the music sting as well. Mm. Fuck yeah. Um, the scene that I wrote down, because I feel like it's iconic, but I don't know if it is, once she's like falling down the stairs and here's up the, the top of the stairs, like with the knife, I just thought, I don't know why I liked it so much, but I don't know if it's because it's... There's a lot of like really good shots and mm. set scening. It's a part of the beauty of Carpenter's work. Okay. Um, that has actually been my Facebook like cover photo before. Maybe that's, that's why. why. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I just know that scene for some reason. So that's why I um, wrote it down. Looks great though, right? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, really good shot. Um, Michael disappearing after being shot six times. How good, right? It's obviously, look, um, and we'll get into ending a little bit later, but as mm. far as a notable scene is concerned, that's, I mean, it, it's standard um, standard horror trope where, you know, the... The, the, uh, the door's and, open. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, you can, you can move to, to the second More. chapter. Yeah. We, but, we, where are we going next? But fuck yeah, right? <laughs> sure. Oh, dude, don't do me like that. Um, I've got the, um, the sit-up and the music kicking in once again. The sitter? She's like fucking stabbed him and shit. And he's like down. Oh, uh, yeah, with and the, she's like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. needle or whatever and it like, is. Yeah, he's like laid down and she's sitting there. You're seeing her face. And then in the background, he like sits up and then it's like the... Doo-doo. So you were talking before yeah. about the, like the the, the tri- like basically the holy trinity of um the the horror films where the big you, three yeah, the big three yeah um and they've obviously done um Freddy versus Jason yeah where does Michael Myers fit into it well there's been talks of doing around the time when when uh, Freddy versus Jason made so much money there was talks of doing like pin uh like not. I think this was like Pinhead versus Michael Myers or Pinhead versus this guy. There was Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. There was all these like proposed like versus type movies. Are you mean how would Michael Myers fit into yeah. like a similar thing? I don't because they were also saying like people fans online and stuff at the time would also say like Freddy versus Jason versus Michael. And I was like, I don't think that works. So you've got two people who can't who are nonverbal. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I was just about to say like Jason and uh, Jason and Michael are relatively similar characters, right? Not really, no. Well, no, I mean as in as in like just lumbering around. And just killing yeah. people, uh, like like voiceless killers yeah. who stalk and wear a mask. In that sense, yes, but their stories are very different. Oh yeah, no, we're not we're not referring to their backstory. Also, uh, Jason's a lot more gratuitous and gore filled and fucking hacking and shit, you know. Whereas Michael will like stalk and stab. Uh, sure. Jason, Jason will use all sorts of a variety of weapons, and the the the, the Halloween movies are a lot more um, slotted with like suspense, sure, and sort of building a a, a, a vibe and sort of you know the sort of uh, eeriness and that. Whereas Friday Thirteenth is a lot more like fucking hack cool. and slash, yeah, like yeah. go out and like have, like you know plenty of tits, plenty of like sort of goofy laughs. Actually, and- a really good a really good example of that is um, when she's washing her clothes. Um, you know, and then she the locked in, yeah. locked in the laundry because you sort of assume that it's going to happen there. Mm. Like you think, you know, you, in the standard trope of yep. horror films, you assume. Yeah, and I kept the, holding my breath. Yeah, and, and the, okay, and it's going to happen. The, the score helps this along, right? That's exactly what they want as well. Um, but you know, you yeah. sort of assume that this is when she's going to die, and it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, so that's actually, you know, you know, uh, me me looking at it, you know, from a from a holistic perspective, it's very well done. When yeah. Linda is on the phone to Laurie and she's getting killed, was it meant to sound like orgasm sound for a reason? Like, did they? Do you think that's what the director? Will- no. Okay. <laughs> Hubba hubba. hubba, Ju- hubba. Just you, Josie. Okay. Um, I've also put uh, Doctor Loomis's uh, monologue about Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is this when he's like brandishing his gun. Uh, it's it's the big one that I've got almost word for word later on in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do we score the scenes? I'm actually gave it a zero. Oof. 
Yeah, I just didn't find them memorable. I gave it a big fat donut as well. Oh, you guys are fucked. I gave it a full one. Um, Who's okay. shocked? Uh, 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 no. <laughs> well, talk about being shocked. Let's go around the room. We can probably make this pretty quickly. The appeal. Zero? Do you, you want to? <laughs> All right, moving on yeah. to what's after appeal? Yeah. You went zero? <laughs> I went zero. Uh, you, you've, you've voiced this before. But you know what? Uh, look, let, let me reinforce the point of the reason why I'm giving it a zero. Look, a, a really good example of this is I saw this movie last week. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and we've touched on this in other pods. Yeah, and this, you know, and for the same reasons as I have in other pods, right? If I wanted to watch this movie, I've had ample opportunity to do it. I haven't done it, and look, it's not necessarily. Look, I don't mind John Carpenter's work. I love Big Trouble in Little China. That's the only reason why I thought I might have got a point five out of you was because of the, the Carpenter factor. Look, Carpenter is a big draw card for me, but unfortunately, from an appeal perspective, I'm not a huge horror movie fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's interesting because I'm more than happy to bite my, you know, to to bite, a, you know, basically go. I'll put my hand up and admit when I'm wrong, especially when it comes to movies. You know, you got your own mis- pre, uh, your own preconceptions or misconceptions about a movie, and you're like, "Hang on a second, that's not necessarily correct." I'm going to give it a proper go. Mm-hmm. I did that with Halloween, and to be honest with you, when it was finished, I was like, "Eh." Yep. Fair. Like I, w- I watched it with an open mind. It wasn't anything fantastic. I can say that I've checked it off the list now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as watching it again is concerned, I'll, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to like, um, like, like shit on that either like I, I feel Halloween is one of those ones that it is really big but I don't think it's going to blow anyone's mind in 2023 yeah. this no. is going to be a, this is a perfect indication or this is an, a, a perfect example of Josie watching Stargate oh boy <laughs> put it so if I was to oh, sh- if no. I was to say someone hey look I love horror movies I'm going to show you a horror movie I doubt I'd pick this one yeah although in the past I have done that and shown them I, but, but I um, get it I get it and you know what it's actually it's interesting because you take a look at the horror and you're exactly you're, you're 100% on the money in the way that John Carpenter is all about the suspense early right mm. um, you know this movie was more about the 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 prospect of the the um, characters dying as opposed to the actual act of the people dying themselves yeah so you know it's not in it's not in the same vein as Scream where it's all about you know stab 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 and then you know someone so forth it's literally just about you know will they or won't they kind of th- almost mm. will they or won't you do know they? the first move the first horror movie i wanted to do on this podcast with you guys was going to be scream okay yes yeah that's great that's, yeah yeah but that's, that's i'm that's sure the there's time making, i love right? one day um, um and yeah look as far as as far as appeal for this particular movie is concerned it doesn't rank very highly yeah. um and yeah just not my cup of tea yeah it um sadly is a zero for me as well um as i said earlier i did prefer it over the exorcist um i i enjoyed it more um, Why? I don't know. I don't know if it's because, Maybe because it's faster. I think it's yeah because it's faster. It had a bit more like teenage as vibe. I said, yeah, vibe to so it. So it's more fun. You got more of a connection yeah, to I it. I think you know. Um, it's not a child being tortured. I also like love Jamie Lee Curtis, whereas I didn't really know any of the actors. Bear in with me for a Exodus. second. This is probably a massive reason why. But the introduction to this one actually is made, not in a desert. Made sense to the movie. That and is very was true. Yes. Yep. I liked that. I liked that. Fucking um, blasphemy. But um, yeah, it was. It was still just not. It's my cup of tea, unfortunately. Yeah. No, that's that's all good. I just wanted to get your reasons. Um, look, I've gone obviously one for appeal. I don't know. No, I literally wrote in my oh comment my in my in my notes. I wrote, "Come on!" I'm like, not only is this all me, but the sequels and the imitators are too. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, fair. Like generic Halloween ripoff number thirty-seven. I've probably mm-hmm. seen, and like, it's a guilty pleasure. You know what I mean? Um, all right, the ending or finale or climax. I feel this one could um, be an interesting vote. Um, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to kick it off. Um, you, I've, I've got a full number one. I think the ending of this movie is 
absolutely tremendous. The chase, everything that builds is just so amazing. And the, like the back and forth between um, Laurie and Michael in the mm-hmm. house is just fucking beautiful. Um, then Loomis saving the day, shooting the living shit out of him. Then they reveal that the, the body's not there. And of course, they reveal the body not being there. Then that thing kicking in as well. It is legitimate perfection. 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 I per- don't... In, in this sort of realm of something like this, I doubt you could do it better. Okay. Mm. Josie? Um, I gave it a 0.5. Um, so not perfection. No, I, <laughs> not quite. A, a, point, a 0.5 perfection. A half, half, halfway to perfection, <laughs> I feel. Um, because I, I thought that was quite predictable, like him not being there, but also very smart of them. Yeah. So when he like went out the window, I don't know if it's because I've seen um, similar things before, but straight away I was like, he's not going to be there when they get to, like to the window. But then at the same time, I was like, oh, that's a good setup for the next one. Mm. So I, I I, love, you know, the, I don't know, strategy behind that that ending. Very similar to Back to the Future with like um, Doc, you know, grabbing Marty and going. I love that setup. I think that's such a smart idea by directors to set up that open-ended um, ending for those next ones. A lot of horror movies will have like bleak, vague sort of open endings mm. and Carpenter didn't want sequels to this. It was oh. only a product of the fact that it made so much fucking money. But uh, the sequel was made in 1982. Mm-hmm. So like we're talking a good like four years after this came out. Okay. But the movie picks up literally th- as soon as that ends. Love so that. So it's like straight into like what happens following the events of this movie. I am um, all for it. Yeah. Lee. Um, I, gave it a, I gave it a 0.5. Okay. Um, the reason why I'm giving it a 0.5 is we've made, made mention of the notable scenes of Michael disappearing after being shot six times. The final girl trope is obviously incredibly good as well and the the exchange that they had together is very, very good. Um, and I echo everything else that you guys have said as far as setting up for the, the following films. Did they ever explain why he was able to withstand the six shots? He's just a lucky man. Not until it gets the weird cult of thorn shit in the uh, four, five, and six. But he, you know, realistically speaking, does it, is there a, a, no. a proper reason? He eats no. dogs, so he's got like stronger no. like muscles and stuff. He you know? eats dogs. He eats dogs. Okay, right. See, I pay attention, Adam. Josie. I love you. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so that's our regular categories. I was surprised that you you took that on board. Um, yeah. <laughs> kind of fucking gross though, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love dogs. Um, all right. Um, favorite quotes. Especially barbecued over sauce, right? Oh, dude. Aww. Come on, man. You have a pet dog. I do. I love Aww. my dog. Yeah, I love your dog too. It's a um, little sausage. Yeah. Oh, oh, that makes it sound like food. I know, right? Um, <laughs> right. Um, notable quotes. I'll kick it off. It's Halloween. Everyone's entitled to one good scare. That's yeah. my first one. It's a great fucking line. I do like it. Um, but you can't kill the boogeyman. Good. Oh, I'm going to piggyback off that and say it was the boogeyman. As a matter of fact, it was. Yeah, that's one of mine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> Oh, here we go. I see the paragraph. <laughs> and I love the fact that it's like it's in bold. five times the size as all your other notes. Like it makes me think of my mum's phone because when you're like the text message is like so big. I'm not going to impersonate a British accent, but I met this six-year-old six child, this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him, then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realised what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Dun, dun. 
And, and then he said, they, what don't they talk about like um, not ever letting him out? And he's like, no, never, mm. ever. Never. Um, yeah, and my other one was the uh, was that the boogeyman. As a matter of fact, it was. So we've covered that. Anyone mm-hmm. else got any other lines? Um, the other one that I had was Linda. If this is a joke, I'll kill you. As she's getting killed. Yeah, good, 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 good call. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I've got one more, and it actually leads into a fun fact. Oh, um, so Linda saying, "See anything you like?" Mm-hmm. Apparently, um, she actually. So PJ Souls actually went and saw the movie when it was released. Oh yes, um, yes. She went and saw the movie when it was released, and she was in the crowd watching it. And this this part of the movie came on, and obviously her character goes, "See anything you like?" And there was a guy like two rows down who's like, "Yeah, I do." And the, the husband, the boyfriend that she was with at the time wanted to go and beat him up, but she's like, no, nah, don't worry about it. And that love boyfriend it. was? Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Yeah, I yeah. love Dennis, Dennis Quaid. Quaid. Crazy, right? Yeah, Dad from Parent Trap, all for ha- it. How, how good is that, though? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a cracking fun fact. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Dennis Quaid. Bro. Like, um, but, gnarly like, tits, man. <laughs> surely, surely Dennis Quaid like, has to just put up with that shit. Like, if your girlfriend's going to be flashing and... You know, asking that in a movie, like, come on. They were going out at the time, and I think Carpenter wanted him in the movie, but he couldn't do it. Oh. Um, all right, well, on the back of that, it goes into fun facts. I've got a bunch. Anyone got anyone that wants to take the I lead? got nothing. Yeah, I've got a couple of things. All right, so it was made for $325,000. Mm. Yep. Made $47 million. <laughs> Yeah, massive bang. Like, huge, that's why it kicked off a franchise and why so many people in, in, uh, tried to copy the I'm formula. I'm so intrigued. Yes. 70 movies later. How much the shape actually gets. Like Nick Castle. Yeah, from it. Not much. Yeah. Um, so this is the thing. The the majority, and this is my next part of the point, is that half the budget of the movie, like the the, the, the uh, $300,000, went on Panavision cameras. Yeah. So oh. the whole thing about that Carpenter wanted about this movie was a certain look. He wanted the scope and the aspect ratio and also the Steadicam. So you know that sort of one shot of the start where it's all like one Steadicam shot going up the stairs and all that sort of shit. Mm-hmm. They needed it all done in one take, but they only had a certain amount of time. So where he puts the mask, on they managed to do a slight cut oh yeah but this was all due to the cheaper production he wanted to spend all the money on the camera so that i could do the thing like little things along the way as well all the actors wore their own clothes yeah just about to say oh, there wasn't oh. any wardrobe on it jamie um, lee curtis love her style. a lot of the, a lot of the scenes are dark because they couldn't afford the lighting um the scene where she, you know she has the pumpkin and all that they had one pumpkin yeah, I don't oh. think I don't think it would have had the same effect if there were fluoro lights hanging off the back though. Yeah. But you know what I mean, right? Like a lot of the lighting is quite dim, and it's not just the fact it's horrible. But yeah, they had they, like the pumpkins were out of season, so they had this one well, fucking that pumpkin. That Tommy Kid smashed one. That's it. They had to, they couldn't fuck it up before that scene. Um, you you know, uh, I just just more more that did you know that Jamie Lee Curtis is obviously the daughter of Janet Lee? Mm-hmm. Um, who's you know who Janet Lee is? Who's yeah, famous from Psycho. She's, yeah, she's a um, famous actor, and that's that's uh, actress, she, she was the one that got stabbed in the shower yep, and yep, psycho. Yep. Yeah. That's, the, that's where she got her big break from and that's where Jan- uh, Jamie Lee Curtis got her big break from and that's where it all sort of started. I thought Jamie Lee Curtis didn't like her parents. Oh, I don't know anything about that. I just know that. Couldn't tell you, but oh. Janet Lee has a cameo in Halloween H2O. Yeah, okay, right. With, with Jamie Lee. Oh, there you Fucking go. cool as shit. Uh, Dem- Deborah Hill, um, who was, uh, I don't know if they were married or just together. She was uh, the partner of John Carpenter at the time. They mm-hmm. worked together on a lot of things. Deborah Hill, um, fucking absolute legend of this world. Um, she worked Was. on this movie. Yeah, sadly. Um, she worked on this movie for no salary wow. at all, but signed up to do the movie for percentage of the profits. 
And oh, this, smart woman. This movie grossing over $70 million over time was a bit of a good choice. Yeah. She got paid more than fucking anyone for this movie apart from John Carpenter, who uh, he's, yeah. you got to see interviews with this guy. He's fucking amazing and hilarious and so cynical. What a cynical. smart, smart woman. John Carpenter, they're like, always like, what do you think about all these sequels? He goes, I like every time they make one, I get a big check that appears at my house. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, you got another one, Lee? I'm sure you've got um, one of the most obvious ones. Dr. Sam Loomis was named after Sam Loomis from Psycho. There's another fun fact about Psycho. Mm. Big Hitchcock fan. Um, obviously, Loomis is obviously a very famous name in the horror in the horror f- film industry, right? Doesn't Loomis mean like wolf or something? Am I just making that up? No, that's Lupin. Ah, oh, so close. Um, but Loomis is obviously the name of Billy Loomis in Scream. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And there's somebody else as well, right? Yeah. Also, um, uh, um. Uh, Pleasance's background. He did a lot of the Hammer horror oh, yeah. in uh, in in England, which was massive uh, sort of a branch of our horror movies uh, with Christopher so Lee and Peter Cushing. And why stuff. is Loomis such a big name? Like, why does it mean something else? Like, why? Why it's do people go with it? In other movies, like yeah, it's it's it's, hmm. an, it's a nod of the head to thing. And speaking of Hammer horror and um, Pleasance being involved, uh, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing also turned down the role of Loomis. Yes. And uh, after the movie came out and was what it is, uh, Christopher Lee actually came out and said it's the biggest regret of his career was uh, was not agreeing to do it. Um, so Christopher Lee obviously is a massive actor, but Peter Cushing in his own right is Graham Moff Tolkien. Uh, uh, they're yeah. both goats, man. Big pop. Yeah, they're Big both pop. fucking absolute legends of the of the business. Um, this movie was uh, originally <laughs> possibly going to be called The Babysitter Murders. Yep. Oh yeah, I see that. Terrible name. Makes sense though. Um, the big one, which I'm sure everyone knows, and it almost goes without saying, is that the, the, the Michael Myers mask is a spray-painted Captain Kirk mask mm-hmm. with its mm-hmm. hair teased. And um, eventually, um, uh, William Shatner tried to sue for likeness, and uh, it was settled out of court because William Shatner does not own the rights to Captain Kirk. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, Carpenter composed the score over four days. Imagine spending four days of your life writing a bit of music that becomes the most iconic thing in fucking and, movie history. And also history. think about it. You think about the four days that it took just to do those two notes with the piano. Yeah, wild, right? And he based it on um, on a, on a, ri- a, yeah, a rhythmic 5-4 uh, drum pattern that his dad taught him. Um, Fancy. Look, I've got a bunch of shit off the top of my head, but I'm, I'm, I'm cool to call it there because, um, yeah, you guys got any more? Oh, you, I got, you got nothing. None. I got nothing. Okay. Uh, let's do some maths. Oh, I think Lee. Mine's, I think mine's really low, and I'm so sorry. That's okay. You don't need to apologize for your own opinion. Um, IMDb scores this seven point seven out of ten. This has got a high rating and is a very renowned movie. This is in the um the the EBIT list of like movies you need to see mm-hmm. before you die as well. Yep. Uh, so seven out of seven out of ten. So that's seventy seven percent. Um, what did you score, Lee? I gave it a one and a half. You're fucking kidding me. I'm sorry, mine's a one and a half too. Oh, you guys are killing me. Fuck. I'm sorry. It's because the memorable scenes and both the appeal are zeros. It's okay. It's okay, Josie. I'm sorry. Memorable scenes are a zero. That that, that hurts. I I just, when I was thinking about it after the movie, it was really hard for me to... Yeah, no, that's fair. I get it. You understand that Adam's going to have a massive chip on his shoulder now and crucify the next Richard Curtis movie that we do. Oh, yeah, for sure. God. Um, I gave it a four. So we've got <laughs> <laughs> some pretty contrasting differences. Uh, yeah. So we've got um, seven so and a seven. half. Is that, no, seven. No, seven out of 15, which is like uh, half. Half. 46%. Yeah. Jesus Christ versus seven. We, we've. John Carpenter, if you're listening to this podcast, and if you are, I fucking love you. Um, 
He's definitely not listening to this John podcast. John Carpenter, if you're, if you're listening to our podcast, first of all, how the fuck did you find it? Uh, <laughs> but, but, but secondly, I'm Lee. Uh, but third, I'm a massive fan of Big Trouble in Little China, so I love get some of your fourth. work. Get to the fourth. Get to the fourth. Oh, no, I'm just saying I love That's some it. of your work. Fourth is I'm so sorry because you made a masterpiece which changed the cinematic world and I will forever love you for all your amazing work. But uh, damn, did we undercut this one. Oh, just yeah. by a little bit. Just a wee bit. But, hey, we're here to give our opinions, and they are what they are. What I want to know is your opinions on this movie, Halloween from 1978. It's uh, iconic in many ways for many different things. Uh, do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you think it's kind of like met in the middle? Do you love John Carpenter as much as I do? Uh by all means, let's have that conversation. Um, anyway, we're on social media. We're at X, we're at Facebook, we're at Instagram. We do polls on Instagram as well. Let us know what you think about this episode, us talking about it, and also what movies you'd like to see in the future. we got some grand plans yeah. coming ahead. Now it's um, time to trick or treat. Yeah. Enjoy your Halloween, your spooky season. I hope you've been uh, enjoying it and doing it well. But anyway, until next time, this has been a hell of a lot of fun, and I love this time of year where we can talk about horror movies and spooky season. And you know what? Thanks to you guys for letting me go here for this part sure month. sure welcome I hopefully it's just it. a bit of a break of uh horrorness for a while now i'm sure it will be but until next time i'm adam i'm josie still and this has been two guys and girl on a movie podcast thank you for joining us and happy halloween yeah. time to get spooky you